turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 17, please. Actually, go to chapter 18 to begin with today. Genesis 18. Genesis chapter 18 today. I'm going to begin reading. Um, Really, I'm just going to be reading, we'll start uh, with verse 1 and read just a few verses. Genesis 18. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham, or him, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after that ye shall pass on, for therefore ye come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent and to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the heart. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hastened to dress it. He took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now, just a chapter earlier, I'm going to just probably just remind you, just a chapter earlier, the Lord had told Abraham that he was going to have a son. And the Lord, even in chapter 17, told Abraham what his son's name was going to be, which was Isaac, which means laughter. Uh, but he, so he just says that you're going to uh, have a son. And he said, and certainly I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were well, uh, were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto him, unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, 
shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid, and he said, Nay, the thou didst uh, laugh. This morning, I want to talk to you, and by the way, happy Mother's Day uh, to your to moms, and I hope you just have a special day. Be sure to uh, call your mom if you're uh, able to do that. Call your mom and let her know that you love her. Give her a hug um, if you're able to do that. Today, I want to talk to you about Sarah, a miraculous mother. Sarah, a miraculous mother. Now, I reckon there may be some mothers in here that are thinking to themselves, or some ladies in here that are saying, you know what, my mom is pretty miraculous. She's an amazing lady. Uh, there's going to be other moms here that are saying, mm, I picked the wrong Mother's Day message to listen to today. I'm not a miraculous mother. Uh, so, yeah, not miss that one. Well, we're going to look at uh, Sarah, the miraculous mother, and we're going to look at Hebrews 11 through 23. We're only looking at, what, 13 chapters today, so we ought to be done by two. Um, and then we're going to throw Hebrews 11 on there, which will take us to 2.30, okay? Uh, but Sarah, a miraculous mother. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength. And by the way, that's where the message comes from. That she received strength. That word strength, we've been looking at it in Colossians. But that word uh, strength is also seven times in the Bible, it is referred to if translated as the word miraculous. That is just absolutely amazing. Well, Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, strained her even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. So this morning, I want to draw to your attention Sarah, a miraculous mother. First thing I want to talk to you about this morning is the fact that her Sarah's person. Do you know much about Sarah's background? Um... Yes, she's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, but we first meet her in Hebrew, in Genesis chapter 11. First thing I want you to notice was uh, about Sarah, that she was born as somebody's princess. Somebody's princess. And the reason I say that is because... Um, Verse 29 says, And Abram and Nahor, now Abram is the same as Abraham. Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram or Abraham's wife was Sarai. And that word Sarai, any, a lot of, really a lot of times if you have an I on the end of a, of a Hebrew word, it just stands for my. 
And the word Sarah means princess. And so that's what mom and dad called her. They were, they were her princess. Don't know if she was last or first or wherever she was in the mix, but she was their princess. That verse also tells us that she was married to Abraham. Now, they're going to change Abraham's name eventually in our message today, but she was married to Abraham. She was also, she and Abraham both were from the land of Ur, from the land of Ur, and I had so much information that I wanted to share with you about Ur, but I don't have time to go into it. I will just tell you that Ur was one of the major cities uh, in that area of the day. I mean, it was the hub for all kinds of business activity. It would have been very similar to Town Hall in the, in, the, in the north here. It would have been very similar to that. And it, one of the main buildings, you know, the sort of like you're coming in from Mount Isa. If you ever been to Mount Isa, you're, you're going out in, in, in bush and bush and bush, and all of a sudden you come up on Mount Isa. Well, when you came into Ur, the main thing that you would see of that whole town, of that whole city, was the temple. And they had two temples. Two religious temples. One was to the moon god, and the name is hard to say. And the other temple was to the moon god's wife, which is even harder to say. They worshipped the moon. In fact, that's before they believed in the Lord. But in, in today's life, those guys lived for the nightlife. They were partiers. They reveled, they they stayed up, and they enjoyed all of life and living and everything that was there of the nightlife. So Abraham and Sarah, they were from Ur. The Bible says that Sarah and Abraham were rich. They were rich. It says in uh, Genesis 13, 2, that they had lots of gold and, and silver and cattle and things. I think it, yeah, it is. Genesis 14, 14 says that they had 318 paid servants. They had 318 paid workers. Wow, wait. That's a lot of people. And here they are, they are very well off. Sarah was a beautiful woman. In fact, we don't mean to meet her. We're going to, uh, okay, I'll just add this one. Sarah was an older, beautiful woman. I bet she was a knockout, knockout when she was younger. But here we, we don't even meet her. We don't even meet her until she's 65. And yet, in Genesis 12 and Genesis 20, both times, different occasions, Pharaoh uh, sees, or the, the kings around that area see her and they, hmm, take her? Hmm, I think I'll take her. 
And Abraham and Sarah made this deal since they shared relative that they would call one another brother and sister. And Abram thought that might save his life. But Sarah was an absolute stunning. She was an absolute beautiful lady. Even in her old age. Now, we meet her when she's 65. She lives another 62 years. She lives till she's 127. So a little bit different than today, but not really that much. Abraham and Sarah, they decided, though, to follow God. God told them, I want you to leave earth. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave the God of the nightlife, and I want you to follow him. And they did. And they did. And you know what? Uh, as I thought of that, you know, th that's what the Lord asked us to do. He asked us to, to leave behind whatever it is, God's, that we're serving. And he wants us to follow him. In fact, those verses, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. So they are rich. They are following the Lord now with all their heart. And just as you read this, uh, these chapters, it's just amazing to see their commitment to the Lord and their desire to please Him. Um, but notice one thing that you probably know, uh, Sarah's problem. What was Sarah's problem? Well, it tells us very uh, on purpose in that first chapter that we meet her. It says there that Sarah was barren. Now, did he have to say it twice? He not only said that Sarah was barren, she didn't have any children, uh, he reminds us what that means. She had no child. And if you want to feel the pressure that that sort of put on her, you got to look at the rest of the chapter before. She did. She was barren. She didn't have children. She was married. She didn't have children. But notice, earlier in the chapter, it says that Eva lived four and thirty years. By the time he was thirty-four, he had children. By the time Peleg was thirty years old, he had children. His wife, they had children. By the time Ruth was 32, he had children. They had children. But you'll notice that Sarai was barren. She had no child. And I reckon, I reckon if we, we read over that, 
is, I reckon if we read over that and we, and we don't get the feeling of that, we, we don't feel that, it's, it's because we're, we're not remembering if, if you, if you ever struggled to have children, if you weren't sure about marriage, if you weren't sure about things, the pressure that that puts, in fact, back in those days, if you, uh, if you were married and you did not have children, there, there, there must be something wrong. That was, that was the thought. There must be something wrong. Not only did everybody else have them, but Sarah's problem was is that she and Abraham were getting older. It tells us time and time again that Abraham and Sarah were ch- childless. Um, it tells us that Sarah had born Abraham no children. This is what Sarah said, The Lord hath restrained me from bearing Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in years. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. And then Genesis 18, 12 gives the idea that Sarah was just absolutely worn out, although absolutely beautiful. Genesis 18, 12 also says that Abraham was old. Sarah was old. There was no reason for Abraham or Sarah to hope for any children. That's in Romans 4.18. Any hope was gone. Abraham thought his body was as good as dead. Sarah's womb was also dead. Sarah was long past childbearing age. And then Hebrews 11.12. Abraham was good as dead. So the problem is, is that um, they wanted to have children. And I have friends that uh, they're, they're much older, well, they're not that much older than me, but all of their lives, they, they, from the time they got married, they never really wanted to have children. And they're in their 60s now, and, and they still don't have children, and they help others with their son, but they're, they're quite content there. But these folks, they wanted children. They, they, they long. You know, can you imagine? I don't get this way anymore. Uh, you know, when I, my, my wife might see, you know, you see a little baby and say, oh, maybe having another baby. We don't get, the, we don't get that way tall. But you, you know, when, when you're, when you're younger, when you're younger, you look at the little ones and you say, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? Man, what it would be like. And you know, I bet Abraham, I bet Abraham and Sarah, every time they looked at a baby, they, they wondered what? What, what would it be like? What would it be like? What would it be like? And so here they are. They have a, a sincere problem. But let's look at something about this miraculous mom that's, that brings her back down to where we live. 
This miraculous mom, we'll look at that in just a minute, but Sarah had been promised from God that she and Abraham were going to have a child. And he's quite general. He's quite general in chapter 12 that the Lord's just going to bless them and all nations would be blessed through them. Well, he starts getting more specific in chapter 13. And by the time you get to chapter 15, 17, and 18, chapter 17, he says, okay, you're going to have a, you're going to have a son, you're, call, you're going to call him Isaac. And then by the time you get to 18, he says, you're going to have a son next year. But right now, going back to, to here, early on, Sarah just, they, they just know that God had promised that they were going to have a child. I want you to notice Sarah's pride. Sarah's pride. You know, uh, the scriptures talk about the deceitfulness of pride. How that we can, we can actually be proud and uh, be oblivious to it. We can be proud. I will not step on that. Pretend like I'm standing on that chair. I'm afraid I'll break it. Pride, it puts us above everyone else. Not just a couple of steps, but it puts us over the aisle. Talked about a people that dwelled in the mountains. They thought that they were so secure because they were there, and they were really smug about it. They were looking down their noses, literally, and everyone else, you're not as safe as we are. We're safe up here. You know, there's something about pride that it actually blinds us to the fact that we are. Well, Sarah, we notice in this passage that, in these chapters, that she was one that that had to that suffered with pride or had to deal with her own pride. First of all, Sarah's pride can be seen in how she responded to not being able to have children yet. Sarah's pride can be seen in how she responded to not being able to have children yet. How? First of all, pride is seen in her attitude toward God. So she's been promised that she's going to have a child. What does she do? Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. So she had somebody that she ran into during one of her trips to Egypt. And she bought this young lady. And she serves, she likes Hagar. She's got a lot of confidence in her. And she bought her. Verse 2 says, And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children 
by her, and Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Sarai says, you know what? The Lord's promised we're going to have children, but I'm going to go around with you. He's restraining me. He's not letting me have what I want. He's got a different plan than I do. I want what I want when I want it, and I want it now. Let's do it my way. And she, what was she after? She says, here, Abraham, go into my handmaid that I may obtain children. It's all about me. And you know what? That's what it is, isn't it? That's what pride is. Pride, it's all about us. It's all about building us up, building the person up, and in the meantime, pressing others down. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her handmaid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land and came up Canaan, and gave her to her husband after to be his wife. Now you know what? You just don't need to think about that much. Because you know what would you have felt like if you sent your handmaid in, in with your husband to have a child by that? In some way she's desperate. In some way she's she's wanting to make her plan work. She's wanting children whether God wants her to have children, no matter what his plan is, she wants children now. One writer said this, the prideful person already thinks very highly of himself or herself. People infected by pride typically think so much of themselves they believe the world should revolve around them in much this way Sarah is doing. And thus it was that with uh, what it looked like a perfect miracle of humility in Sarah was an act of exasperated pride. Now wasn't that sweet of her? She's giving her handmaid to her husband. She's sacrificing but really, she's tired of being looked down on and asking, being asked the question, how many children do you have? I don't have any. What looks to all men's eyes like a martyr's devotion may all the time be impatience and petulance and pride in revenge. We can mask our pride in so many ways. The outward act may sound heroic. Here, go into my handmaid that we may have a child. Well, all the time, cowardice and selfishness and exasperated pride may be at the bottom of it. So Sarah was proud in the way she responded to God. Let me ask you something. 
Is God saying no to an area of your life right now? And you're not willing to listen? You're not willing to do what he says? Is God expecting you to do something right now? And you're telling him, no, I'm going to hold on. No, I don't want to. Sarah, she was at odds with God with the plans that she was making. Not only that, pride is seen in her attitude toward Hagar. Now, this is a couple of times you could refer to that. But she is seen, pride is seen in her attitude toward Hagar. One that we're not going to talk about is the fact that she was her servant. She was one of 318. And instead of thinking about Hagar, maybe she wanted to have a family of her own, she said, you know what, you're just one of 318, you know, you're mine anyway. I'll just use you. I'll just, I'll just you're, you're mine, I'm going to use you. Well, after she becomes pregnant, Sarai, I said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. And you know what she's doing? We'll read the next verse. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy handmaid is in thy den, do unto her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Sarai, uh, I mean, Hagar, when she got pregnant, she looked, she looked at Sarai, and with a proud look, in fact, the Lord tells her later that you need to go back and, and humble yourself to Sarai. But Hagar looks at Sarah with a proud look. And what does Sarah say? You're fired. You're fired. Can you imagine looking at your boss and they assume that you're looking at them with an arrogant look? You're fired. You're out of here. That's it. Go. Oh, my Lord. That's boldness. She fires Hagar. That heart of pride is so focused on me and looking good and being perfect that they have no interest in others except to use them to accomplish their goals. When they are denied their way, uh, their way, anger is the immediate response. And that's exactly what we've got. Yes, um, Hagar has the bub uh, for Sarai, but it's not what she thought. And then her pride is seen in her attitude toward Abraham. Her attitude toward Abraham. He says what? She says unto him, Abram, it's your fault. It's your fault I did the wrong thing. 
your fault. You're responsible that I did the wrong thing. It's like, really? My wrong be upon me. You shouldn't have agreed. You shouldn't have said yes. Pride is what? Pride is never wrong. Let me ask you something. You ever, you ever, you ever say sorry? Now, of course, we have to confess to the Lord. But do you ever have to say sorry? That's a good, that's a good pride killer. That's a really good pride killer. I, I realize we can do it in a prideful way. I guess I'm sorry if I really hurt you. I guess. But to apologize to others for doing the wrong thing, that, that's, that's a pride killer. Well, she says, my wrongs upon you. The Lord judged between you. She, she looked at me wrong. I didn't appreciate it. Another writer said this, the immediate result of acting in the flesh are always the same. We become petty and petulant, which is petty basically, displaying enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, and other ugly emotions which lie ever near the surface of the fallen human heart. Wherever these are evident, they are the thermometer which tells us we are being ruled by the self and not by the spirit. In fact, pride is very, uh, anger is very closely connected to pride. Do you think you have the right to yell at me when I'm right beside you? How do you think you are? Let me ask you this. And by the way, I don't have the this is just a sermon, okay? I'm not actually yelling at you. But let me ask you this. Do you think you have the right to yell at your spouse or your mate or others? Why? What makes you think you have that right? Then notice, pride can be seen in her attitude towards God's promises. In Genesis 18, what we read this morning, they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And just to quicken it up a little bit, where is Sarah? And by the way, isn't it beautiful? Just 18 verses 9 and 10. They came to see Sarah. They appreciate the food and they're on their way to Sodom, but they Here she is. She's behaving proudly. She's upset. My goodness, if we can't get beside her and say, yeah, I understand. That's that's a difficult situation we're in. But they come to see Sarah. 
It's like the Lord's getting up the other side up and saying, yeah, I know, I know. I'm going to do something about it. The beautiful thing he does. Sarah, thy wife shall have a son about this time of year. And she says, how in the world, how in the world that's going to be? There, there's no chance of that. Really? <laughs> that's ridiculous. She laughs. Really? It says in verses 11 and 12 that she laughed in her heart. She laughed. Man, really? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which, which am old? Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. I thought I was in good shape, because I have a lot less slides this week. But anyway, Sarah was a proud woman. Yes, she was. But, let's notice Sarah's power. What was Sarah's power? Was it that she, how, how could she have a baby? Well, it's one of those things she didn't have power to do. So where did her power come from? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I of a surety bear a child which in Shemol is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. What is this power? What is this ability that she has? Well, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. How are you going to endure the hard circumstances, Mom, that you're in? How are you going to endure those? How are you going to keep going forward? You don't have the strength. You're tired. You don't see the way forward. Did Sarah and Abram, they were, they were just pretty well. It looked, it was hopeless. Humanly speaking. But then we got to remember. We've got to remember him. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful that promise. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You got that one in your memory bank? There is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not uh, suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way that to escape that you may be able to bear it? He's faithful. He's not going to leave us. He will, even when things are difficult, beyond reason, he's there. Sarah's pattern I love the fact that Abraham and Sarah's faith, their trust in God, is talked about in Isaiah 51 at a time where, and this is a good application, here the, the people, they the, their situation looked hopeless, and they didn't have any chance, and they were getting ready to go into captivity, and the Lord said, you know what, for hopeless situations, I call your mind. 
and said, trust me, trust me. They, the Lord used their faith, what happened in their life as a pattern. And then notice not only that, but her parenting. Her parenting. We, scriptures are really quiet about it, for the most part. But notice in verse 23, 1, and Sarah was 107 and 20 years old, and she died. Okay? But notice that um, in Genesis 24, 67, that Isaac got married, and he was missing his mom. He was missing his mom. And I don't think Rebecca replaced mom. Uh, by the way, husbands, our wives are not our moms. Okay? They're not our moms. But Sarah, but Isaac, he thought so much of his mom that when they got married, he said, you know what? He gave her the special honor of being in my skin. And then notice what she taught Isaac. Isaac was a prayer. When his wife, Rebecca, ran into the same thing about not having children, what did he do? Isaac entreated the Lord. Lord, what's going on here? Will you please let my wife have a baby? What did he do? Can I ask us as parents, us as grandparents, let's keep focusing our, our kids and those that come behind, the generations coming behind, let's keep focusing them on Christ. Hey, ask the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Follow the Lord. Put Him first. Yeah, you can do all this other stuff and it's going to burn up and it's not going to matter any. Let's us have that view. Let's us have that view too. Sarah, a miraculous mom. Why was she miraculous? Because it was the Lord who strengthened her. Can I just say, man, I, I reckon I'd say most of our moms here today would say, no, I'm not miraculous. I am not miraculous. But you know what? With the Lord's help, He can help us whenever's coming. He can help us be faithful to Him. Let's trust Him. Sarah, receive strength. Let's trust Him for the strength to meet today, tomorrow, or whatever else is coming.